Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Thomas, and I'm your host. Thanks so much for being here. Tonight, a reef will guide us on another wonderful adventure in a story that was written by Gillian. You'll travel to the Yucatan Peninsula in the southeast of Mexico. On your journey, you'll learn about the local food and culture and go for a relaxing swim in a beautiful natural pool. I just want to mention also that we're releasing a special bonus episode tomorrow for everyone to enjoy. It's called A Nap in a Peaceful Garden, and as the title suggests, it's specifically designed to accompany a short daytime nap. This is something a number of our listeners have requested, so if you'd like to give it a try, it'll be up on the Get Sleepy feed tomorrow. I'm delighted to say that tonight's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Giving yourself a space to work on you and offload emotional baggage in therapy is already a great step in restoring that balance, and it's something I've definitely benefited from myself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance in your life with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash get sleepy to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash get sleepy. Now then, it's time to transition away from the day and enjoy the opportunity to be still, settled, and relaxed. So, make sure you're as comfortable as can be. If you need to adjust your body's position, or pull your cover up a little tighter around your neck and shoulders, now is the perfect time to do so. Make sure you optimize your comfort however you need to. Once you're settled in, turn your attention to the rise and fall of your breath, the ever-present motion of your body as the air moves in and out. This soothing motion can help guide you 
into relaxation and rest. So just watch the airflow, really noticing the way it moves within your body. And see if you can just slightly lengthen the inhale and exhale to send a signal to your nervous system that now is the time to slow down and relax. With each calming exhale, feel the tension of the day melting away. Any frustrations or challenging moments that are still playing on your mind can just drift and disperse into thin air with the release of the breath. We all have difficulty letting go and switching off at times. But you deserve a good night's rest. So continue following the wave-like motion of your breath as you listen along to our story tonight. We're off on a dreamy, enchanting journey deep in the heart of the magical Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. It's a place of tranquil waters and lush rainforests. And this is where our story begins. The Yucatan is a wild and ancient place, like a living world from another time. Right now, you are heading into the heart of it. Although you're based in Merida, the cosmopolitan capital, you're going to explore the surrounding countryside. Once you are south of the city, there are no longer any billboards or tall buildings, and there are only a few other cars on the highway. It is a bright morning, and the blue sky is unblemished by clouds. There might be a rain shower later, if Chuck wills it. Chak is the mighty rain god of the ancient Maya people. Rain is very important here. It makes the crops grow, like corn and citrus. Rainwater seeps into the earth through the porous limestone to create the deep, 
your swimming holes called cenotes. They were considered sacred by the ancient Maya. Today, you'll visit one of these cool, natural pools. You had to set off early this morning, for this adventure is a long one, taking you deep into the countryside. So, after driving for a while, you decide to stop for a break. Located on the elegant outskirts of the modern city is a gorgeous hacienda, which has been restored. A hundred years ago, these buildings were houses for affluent families. The land may have been farmed, or other agriculture was processed on the grounds. The hacienda would have housed an entire small community, a human ecosystem, where generations lived and worked side by side. There were quarters for the landowners, and outbuildings for those who labored for them. Most of these properties have now been converted into hotels or restaurants, or even spas. This hacienda is the ideal respite from the heat and a perfect stop for breakfast. The graceful driveway is long and gently winding. The tires of the car crunch over the white gravel, which is crushed limestone. When powdered, this material is used to paint houses. The hue of the two-story concrete building is just like burnt sugar. It's warm, rust-colored red, making you think of the rich earth. The colors are hypersaturated. There's something almost divine about them. The royal palm trees stand like sentries on either side of the arched entryway. They are formidable and welcoming all at once. The playful breeze causes the fronds to rustle. They are like hundreds upon hundreds of cooling fans above you. The second sound you notice, after the rustling of the elegant palms, is the birds. There is an exuberance to their noise. It's as if the birds fervently wish to communicate something important, or perhaps convey their joy at being here. You cannot yet identify these birds by sight or song, but in your pocket guidebook, you have read their names. 
Mangrove video. Tropical mockingbird. Gray-throated chat. Yucatan nightjar. And Caribbean dove. You hope to know each of these species before your exploration is over. And you know there are parrots, flamingos, and egrets somewhere in the wild. The Gulf of Mexico is only an hour away, and everything seems possible. Who knows what you might discover here? Beyond the slightly decaying facade of the building, the gardens beckon. You walk toward them through the covered walkway. It's incredible how tranquil it is in the hidden cloisters of the hotel. You pass through into a world within a world. It feels hidden, secret, and safe. And you are suddenly reminded of old stories you once heard involving veils and oases. Though you're in a different part of the globe, the romance of all your favorite stories comes back to you. It's as if various times and places converge on this site. The wild rainforest is just beyond the garden walls, but inside, all is neat and tidy. The grass is very much contained, and the landscaping is restrained, with each plant thoughtfully curated. But the flowers could never be described as commonplace. You find yourself admiring the birds of paradise with their vibrant orange petals. After exploring the garden, you find a seat under an arch at a small round table. There's a starched linen cloth and delicate blue and cream-colored Talavera pottery. Every detail is exquisite. You notice a pretty cup and saucer, a creamer, and a sugar bowl. These must be painted by hand, you imagine, by a local artisan with deep roots in this region. At the center of the table is a large plate with slices of fresh tropical fruit, as well as the green and yellow melon, which is very sweet. There are slices of papaya, mango, sour oranges, and dragon fruit. The waiter is dressed 
in a traditional white guayabera shirt. He pours coffee from a silver pot with a dramatic flourish. It feels like you are in a ballet, quietly choreographed. Everything is beautiful and effortless. You sip the strong coffee slowly. It has a lush and almost floral taste of jasmine and bergamot. It's grown in the state of Chiapas, half a day away. As you continue to take slow sips, you are carried away on a stream of free associating or daydreaming. Closing your eyes, you imagine the journey that the coffee took before arriving here in your cup. Before it was an invigorating liquid, it was smooth grounds. You can almost smell the beans being roasted, emitting a toasted fragrance. Then you picture the misty slopes of mountainous highlands in a region much chillier than this one where the beans were harvested. The coffee beans really look like fruit, like wild cranberries on the branch. It is wonderful to think of all the different shapes something can be. Opening your eyes, you take another look at the steaming coffee. With a splash of milk and a teaspoon of sugar, it is the perfect cup to complement the splendid surroundings. Looking beyond the patio, you notice the stone plunge pool. The water is sea glass green and so inviting. Seeing the pool reminds you that later you'll enjoy a swim in the blue waters of the cenote. You feel a shiver of anticipation at the thought of all the delights the day will bring. Then your breakfast arrives fit for a king or queen. It consists of four slices of toast with butter and jam, and a stack of warm tortillas wrapped in cloth. There's also an expertly sliced avocado, juicy tomato and cooling cilantro two farm-fresh eggs cooked gently, a basket of pastries, a small dish of black beans, and a smaller dish of bright habanero chilies for heat and garnish. You do not hurry. 
as there is nowhere else you have to be right now. Here in this garden, eating can be a special experience, slow and mindful. You begin tasting each component individually. Then you mix flavors creatively and intuitively, resulting in delicious combinations you never could have imagined. This is food that bursts and melts in your mouth. It demands to be savored with your eyes closed. After paying the bill, you walk back through the garden, strolling along the stone paths between flowers in every shade of pink. Some are pale and shy, others vibrant and brazen. The road is beckoning, so you head back to the car and the folded map and onto the modern two-lane highway. You have a destination in mind, a cenote you read about in a book, but you've never visited it before, so you hope you can find it based on your memory of the description. It was not on the tourist trail. In fact, from what you recall, it was off the well-worn traveler path. You wonder for a moment if it's real, or if you only dreamed up such a paradise. But you know the place names that surround the swimming hole, and you recall descriptions of speed bumps and dusty village squares. In the nearby towns, dogs give chase and small children wave. Old women whose white clothing is colorfully embroidered squat over low griddles and cook upon the fire. These outdoor hearths are like an extension of their homes. Eventually, when you find the town you're looking for, you discover that nothing about it has changed. It is exactly as it was described in the book. There are the chickens and the same concrete shops. These little convenience stores have refrigerated soda and shelves of packaged snacks, salty and sweet. There's the same tortilleria and the same panaderia where the locals buy bread and sweet rolls or those mini ham and cheese pastries with little sugar sprinkled on top. They're a delicious treat. 
you see men, young and old, keeping busy out in the yard. They're standing around a small engine. Nearby, there's a whitewashed stone building with a thatched roof. Inside the cool walls, the entire front room seems to be filled with a loom. It's a square, wooden structure crisscrossed with string, a machine both simple and complex. These weavings may become hammocks that are sold to tourists, or they'll be turned into textiles for families. They're made with a technique passed down through generations of women. There is a woman sitting by the window now, immersed in her work at the loom. You hold up a hand and greet her. Good afternoon, she replies, waving to you. As you watch her work, you recall something you read about traditional weaving. For maybe 3,000 years, Maya women have been using a backstrap loom to make garments. Some are simple, while others are beautifully ornamental. The white shirts and dresses are ideal in the tropical heat, and the colors of their thread incorporate all the natural beauty of the region. The bright hues of embroidery are both decorative and symbolic. Some patterns tell a story or reveal a truth about the lineage of the maker. The delicate flowers and repeated geometry make each article of clothing a work of art. You find yourself in awe of the craftsmanship of these women, the textile makers and weavers whose dreams hope, and desires are sewn into each garment. Here, more than anywhere else you have been, the quality and intention of the clothing fills you with admiration. Fiber has a rich history here in the Yucatan. During the 19th century, Fortunes were made from the Enneken plant, a member of the Agave family. It's a low-growing plant with long, rather spiky leaves. Some Agave plants are used for food or medicine. This one has long fibers that can be extracted and made into incredibly high-quality rope. And it is this very plant 
that is responsible for the route you are on today. In order to reach the cenote, you will ride through the rainforest in a horse-pulled cart, and you'll travel on tracks that were once used to transport the Enneken plant. You find yourself reflecting on the importance of this plant. It made its way around the world over oceans, and in the process built great fortunes and grand haciendas. And now you're standing here, about to ride along the old path. Thinking about this connection with the past is like traveling back in time. It's a sort of magic you think. Moments later, you find yourself buying a ticket for the ride and climbing onto a rustic seat in a little wooden cart, which is painted pale blue. The driver says a word in the local language, and the horse sets out. Slowly, and steadily. The movement creates a lovely breeze. You are on your way to the cenote, riding deeper into the green. It is just about noon, and the sun is high in the sky. The heat is almost shimmering all around. It is wonderful to be alive in this place, with all these other very alive things, the plants, trees, and birds. Nothing interferes with the organic, pulsing life. There are no phones here, because there is no cellular service. There are no shops, advertisements, or billboards. And there is no noise from the radio or television. You could be in another century. But you could not be in any other location you are here, in the land of the Maya. This is the deep, beating heart of southeastern Mexico, closer to Cuba than the capital. And this is where civilization first flourished long ago. You remember reading that the Maya were astronomical experts, who aligned sacred structures with solar events. They devised a complex calendar and counting system, and they wrote their history and creation story on paper made of bark. An important religious text 
the Popol Vuh can be translated as Book of the Community or Book of the Mat. This is because in ancient times, the king sat on a woven mat, likely made of Enneken. As you travel onward, you wonder if there are treasures hidden here, beneath the reddish topsoil. On the way, you listen to the clop-clop of the horse's hooves and to the buzzing of the bees. They create the acidic honey for which the Yucatan is famous. Breathing in deeply, you notice that the air is ripe with the nectar of the Saba. This tree, sacred to the Maya, was believed to connect heaven and the human realm. After a while, you become aware that the ride is slowing to a stop. The driver indicates that you should dismount. He brings the horse to some water so it can drink and pulls the cart off the track. You follow the path toward the mouth of a cave. There is an encouraging light and the sound of laughter echoing against the walls of the hollow. You take careful steps out of the sun and into the cool of the earth. The slope is gentle, the stairs easy. Your eyes adjust to the shadows, and then you see it. There is the wonder you have been wanting to visit for so long. It's a large pool of water, blue and pure, and it's clearer and more concentrated than anything else you've ever seen. The color is soothing and electric at the same time. It's as if the pool is lit from within. A shaft of natural light pours in through an opening in the ceiling, letting in rays that dance on the surface of the water. Green leaves hang down from above, like in a garden of paradise. It feels like a holy place, and you understand why the ancient Maya carried out rituals here. This sunken place is like a reflection of the sky. You can imagine feeling compelled to worship here, among the elements. It is a beauty so divine and perfect. You fasten your shoes and then, without further delay, 
you descend into the sweet, healing water. It's cool and refreshing against your skin. You dive under and swim with your arms extended, moving gracefully, naturally, as if you were made for this. Around you are children jumping into their mother's arms and friends daring each other to dive from ledges. Some are climbing, others racing, and a few are floating slowly. Looking up in amazement toward the stalactites and vines, you do swim and float and dive and turn in a clockwise motion, moving like an otter. As you swim, you wonder if there's something in the water or the air that creates this dreamy atmosphere. Is there an explanation for the magic here? But perhaps it doesn't matter. You feel free and joyful, grounded and light all at once. And that is enough for now. An hour has passed, you suppose, or two or three. It feels like it is time to move on, to let others have their turn in the primordial waters. Maybe you should start making your way back to the hotel that is home for now. You're looking forward to returning to the beautiful white city of Merida. There, you will go back to your airy room. It has a king-size canopy bed with a thick mattress a lazy ceiling fan, and billowing curtains. Lying in bed, under a white cotton blanket, you'll drift into a deep sleep. It will be good to rest later. Besides, you have never slept better than you do in that hotel room. You emerge from the healing underground lake smiling. Every part of your body rested and refreshed. The sun once again feels delightful on the crown of your head, your shoulders, and your feet. You let the slight wind and solar warmth dry you. And then, after putting your shoes back on, you climb into the cart that will take you back to the town. When you get there, maybe you'll buy a cold drink and an 
ice cream bar covered in chocolate. You close your eyes and allow the rhythmic motion of the cart to lull you into a sort of dreaming state. It has been one of the most peaceful days you can remember, and you don't want to forget it, though you are not clinging to it either. You have a feeling deep in your mind or heart that you will be able to come back here as often as you'd like. To remain in this dream or vacation forever. You exhale very slowly. All is well.